0: Welcome back to the Crooked Spine Show. Have you been told by your medical doctor, based on your blood work, based on how you feel, that you have a hormone imbalance, they want to put you on medication? Here is an alternative naturally with Megan Bliss, who is a functional medicine clinician and expert in hormone rebalancing naturally. She understands through her assessments, through her blood testing, and through her assessment. How to adjust your lifestyle, your nutrition, your exercise, even your mindset to help you understand how to recover and stay healthy from a hormonal imbalance and understand what that is. In today's interview today, she explains the symptoms, even minor symptoms of a hormone imbalance to, to more severe ones that you can recover from over time, again, naturally. Even if you have adrenal fatigue, how to recover from that, along when you're pregnant why do some people feel better or worse during your pregnancy? pregnant? Her biggest concern, too, and her takeaway is get checked now. Get, a, get at least a, a consultation with her or someone like her so you do not get put on these heavy medications that have other side effects, that can cause other issues that are higher risk factors. So, enjoy the talk, my friends. Go to her links, Miss, Miss, Miss Megan. Understand that she can help you through a free consultation. And over time, help you long-term recover from if you have a hormone imbalance. Again, the show notes has highlights to her links along these previous podcasts. Enjoy the week, my friends. Live and stay healthy. We'll see you next week.
1: All right. We're here. We're live. And this is Dr. Tony. Um, I'm the host of Cook Crooked Spine Show. I have my phenomenal guest, Megan Bliss, today. Uh, she focuses on hormone rebalancing, helping women especially understand what's causing their weight gain, what's causing them to become overly stressed, what's causing – I have patients who come in with headaches. Something this morning that came in and said my weight gain, even though I'm working out, is not getting better. So I want I want Megan to explain for me because I don't even know how hormones work to cause these issues, especially in women, and how to regain that balance to help women, especially, regain their lives. All right, so Megan, give your quick intro. See what's going on.
2: Yeah, so that's that. It, it's one of the most frustrating things for women too. Uh-huh. You know, it's in societies like all about. know looking a certain way and so it gets frustrating when women are trying to do all the right things and nothing is working but a lot of times hormones can be a very very integral aspect of that Mm -hmm. happening and and what can happen and and a lot of times they're not listened to from their conventional practitioners you know and and all of that so What can happen, and it 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 takes balance. It takes a little bit of this and enough of that. And it really takes these hormones being imbalanced. And and when I say hormones, there's there's so many hormones in the body, but but the general kind of understanding when I say hormones is basically the sex hormones, the steroid hormones, um, is what I'm I'm usually referring to in that aspect. But that's going to be like your estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, DHEA, and then I do a lot of focus on cortisol, and then also thyroid in the mix there, because those typically are the ones that affect weight predominantly in women.
1: And that's what I see too. A lot of people understand is when hormones are off, your overall body's off mm-hmm. and that can just feedback loop to where now your body self self-regulates to make that your normal. How do we get people to break that cycle, Megan? So overall people can get better without like you had mentioned earlier, Mr. Show notes too, is not getting on medications, not having surgeries, antidepressants because it's not the problem. It may make you feel better, even even weight loss programs too, but it's not the source of problem. So with yours, what causes a hormone imbalance? What usually causes that to happen?
2: And it's multifactorial. I mean, obviously our genetics play a, a role in that, but I, I'm a, I always like to mention how genes are really only about 10% of the actual outcome. And there's so much that we've got into in our control. Um, right. our nutrition is huge when it comes to, when it comes to keeping hormones in balance, we've got to make sure we've got the right nutrients so that the hormone receptor sites can even accept what hormones our body is producing. Um, and then, and then that also affects our stress and our, insulin levels insulin is another hormone that's mm-hmm. a huge um aspect of things and so nutrition our stress levels is another big thing cortisol which is one of the stress hormones uh, definitely affects so many aspects of life it alters our sex hormones
1: mm-hmm. if
2: things are too high or too low uh, so stress is another huge key factor movement is big with the whole detox process and and staying regulated with hormones. So it really takes finding a recipe that is individual for each person. And, and medications just don't cover that, you know? They're just like, symptom suppression, we're just gonna put you on this medication. Sure, it might help with, out with some of the symptoms, but it doesn't really get down to the root cause of it. And hysterectomies is another thing. Oh. A lot of women go in for hysterectomies. And, and while, yes, it takes, out the, you know, the problem of the bleeding, but it's not really getting down to all the imbalances. And there are so many receptor sites in the body, uh, for hormones. It's not just in the uterus. So it it's, it's not helping out with anxiety and depression and insomnia, all of that
1: stuff. And going back to nutrition too, are there certain foods to avoid or include in your diet to help keep your hormones balanced?
2: Well, yeah. Highly processed foods, flours and sugars it are not great for our hormones at all. And that's usually where I like to focus. And I, I, I like to go on more of a strength based approach and like a, and not a, not restricting, you know. But my my initial things are avoiding the the highly processed refined mm-hmm. flours and sugars and just adding in a whole bunch of vegetables into it. Nutrition, yeah, that's usually where I like start. Instead of restricting other food
1: categories. And why do people, when they have hormonal ba- hormonal imbalances and or stress anxiety, like the processed foods? Stay away from vegetables. Stay away from the good foods, the healthy foods. Why do they do that?
2: It's it's kind of like a a revolving door, you know. The um, the the highly processed foods um make your hormones out of whack mm-hmm. and then having out of whack hormones makes your stress levels go up and your body mm-hmm. craves things that taste good or feel good or all of that. And so it and then you eat more of that which makes things worse. And so you get stuck in this revolving or a hamster wheel, I guess, of of where things just keep catapulting. <laughs> yep. So it's 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 kind of a vicious cycle.
1: It's one of those things where when I say people too about their stress levels you want to feel uncomfortable. So eating processed food has made you comfortable, made you have this situation. It may be anything. How do we break that cycle so you're uncomfortable? Because you have to eat more vegetables, more fruits, healthier foods for you, maybe stay away from the red meats or whatever it might be, the french fries. Like Ali Ali, our our co-friend, Ali loves French fries. Okay. Let's talk about french fries. I love french fries too. But they may not be the best thing for you if you have these balances going on, but it's gonna make you uncomfortable not to have the foods that you like to eat because it makes your hormones, the stress hormones, catecholamine cortisol want to increase, which is causing your problem in the first place. So can we change that? And how does it take from just a diet perspective for someone to see a difference, to when they change out, like anywhere from three to four weeks or, or even longer? Everybody's a little
2: bit different and it kind of depends on how sucky that everything, you know, Mm -hmm. their whole process is. Um, But I mean, I was just chatting with a gal I'm working with earlier today and we did some food sensitivity testing on Mm -hmm. her and she started really focusing on adding in lots of vegetables that um, she knew were good for her. And then kind of eliminating the things that weren't, weren't necessarily feeling her. And she said, I was so surprised within just a few days, yeah. I was noticing a difference. And she said, it baffles me because it's just been right in front of me this whole time and I haven't recognized it. And I'm like,
1: yeah, yeah it happens. At, but you have a system that you use with your clients to help them. Okay, this doesn't work, let's try this. So you're you're seeing someone's health from a, a perspective up here, a bird's eye view, What's in front of you, you can't see things. That, that's mm-hmm. normal humans, right? Mm-hmm.
2: And, yeah, and- a lot of times it takes that object that third party, mm-hmm. you know, objective eye to be able to be like, yeah, let's let's start here mm-hmm. and maybe that won't be overwhelming for you. And 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 definitely take it in a personalized approach.
1: Well that's the thing, and talk about doing food sensitivity tests. What else is a good way to, I guess, just know your hormones are off? What's a good test to normally do, say medically or even outside the medical field?
2: Yeah, so I, I use um a saliva testing is what I mm-hmm. use. Yeah, right. Um it's it's my preferred method unless people are getting um sublingual hormonal mm-hmm. intervention. There's there's a few caveats to that, but I prefer saliva testing. There's also the Dutch test. It's not what one that I use, yeah. but it's very commonly used as the Dutch test.
1: What's the um, Dutch
2: test? I don't it, know what that it- it, it looks at all the hormone metabolites okay. and where kind of the reactions are and where the hormone pathways maybe are interrupted or working in overdrive. Okay. Um, so that's another common one. Um, but I, I really like, and, and there are tests, like I think Everly Well has a hormone test that you can just do at home. Um, okay. But a lot of times when people aren't skilled at looking at these tests, mm-hmm. they'll like take it into their general practitioners and they're like, well, I don't know what to do with this. It's, yeah. Here's a test, you know, and so it, it really takes working with somebody that knows how to interpret it and where to go from. Well, there.
1: it. it's and having the experience too, correct? This mm-hmm. may be off, but okay, why is this off, and, and how do we now correct this? Versus, like you had mentioned before, if we don't mention is medication is not the answer to fix your hormones. because it's not a medication deficiency causing your hormone imbalance.
2: Right. Yeah. And again, so. it makes
1: sense to us, but someone who's under stress and and is going to go, Let me goes to my doctor let's help them see a different way to actually fix the problem, not just feel better.
2: Right. Right. And that's where it's, it's kind of a tough situation because they're unfortunately typical providers. And, and I remember being told, you Mm -hmm. know, fresh out of school. Um, and I get messages all the time from, from people who are just getting out of schooling. They're like, Mm Help me with hormones because they did not cover this in my education. Mm-hmm. And I, and I'm like, okay, so tell me, you just barely graduated. How much training did you get on this matter? And they said, pretty much if there's a hormonal imbalance put them on birth control.
1: Yeah. Yep. Bye bye. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's just so sad. And I, and I remember being told, you know, that it's not worth testing hormones because hormones fluctuate too frequently. And I think it's just these, these myths that keep getting passed down from mentor down the line, you know, and it's just really sad and has not been, it has not done women or men, uh, any services.
1: It's amazing when, they they close a blind eye anyone does versus let me actually figure this thing out versus let me bring in the experts versus ah eh, we'll just teach them this
2: right I, I well I, I remember too being stuck in that model and having 30 patients in a day i only had like 10 to 15 minutes with each Mm -hmm. patient and it was like I was overwhelmed too in Mm -hmm. my profession and I was like I've got to be able to get home to my kids tonight I can't be working all night long so what is something that I know that is going to help them feel a little bit better Mm -hmm. and so they don't feel like they wasted their time coming in and so I remember being stuck from this end in that but Mm -hmm. hating every second of it.
1: It's almost you gotta tell students, okay, you're gonna learn the book knowledge to pass your test, get your certification, get your license. Then we're gonna teach you how the real world works. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. You're gonna
1: learn now, learn how to help people, not just pass a pill.
2: Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. And it, it takes a while to get to that point, you know, to mm-hmm. to really understand processes and and I think it takes a passion too to behind it so that you're like not gonna continually be trapped in that.
1: Just you're actually gonna thing. help people. That's Mm -hmm. if if you have that passion to help people, okay, maybe the book knowledge, the the lecture you had isn't very helpful because that was that was great about 10 years ago, but not anymore. Not anymore. (laughs) Yeah,
2: Yeah. and unfortunately it takes that long for things to evolve in the medical field, right?
1: (laughs) What it takes people like yourself, like yourself, like clients, like patients Mm -hmm. going, Hey, look, this didn't help me, your birth control didn't help me. This is what helped me. And over time, now people say, like crap, we better, we better teach our, our students this. We better learn this ourselves. Cause they're going outside of our, our healthcare to get healthcare. And that's hurting mm-hmm. our business. That's hurting our dollars from getting their dollars instead of someone else getting their dollars. It comes down to that, right?
2: Yep. That's, that's how yes.
1: the world, that's how capitalism works in the USA, USA. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> Switching topics to Megan, how does, how do we help women that are gaining our, we talk about weight gain, even they're doing the right things to work out, to eat better. How does that work with weight gain with hormones?
2: I, I think that's where getting some data is very, very helpful in getting the testing. So mm-hmm. then you can really streamline it and be like, okay, here's where we need to do some balancing mm-hmm. and this nutrition, because there's certain nutritional aspects that are going to be better for certain hormone balancing versus others. And so I really feel like it's definitely a personalized approach and, and getting data is so nice to be able to be like, okay, Instead of guessing and being like, oh, I'm just going to take this hormone balancing supplement or whatever that that's kind of blindly supplementing. So I really like strategic supplementing and and streamlining from there because I really feel like that data is just very validating and, and almost empowering too.
1: We can almost retest again three months later and also see the improvement because not only has the patient improved, but the hormones improved also. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, wow.
2: yep. And it's it's so nice. It's so nice to just have that clear path so that
1: you're not continually guessing. And with the stress that comes with being um, having an enormous imbalance, how do you help clients deal with that?
2: So I, I, I mean, I've got some stress reduction tactics that I do, but I also definitely encourage working with a good counselor or therapist mm-hmm. or something like that to be able to have some interrupting, you know, to interrupt those thought processes when maybe you're spiraling in your mm-hmm. mind out of control and all of that. So, um, it, it, I, I think that's a collaborative effort as well.
1: Well, I'm glad you're thinking about the person's whole well-being, not just if you do this, everything's going to be fixed and they mm-hmm. may need that therapy, maybe that coaching, that stress relieving techniques over a period of maybe three or four months. So your body gets the hormones rebalanced, and then they can actually feel it can handle that stressor again. Right.
2: Yeah. And then they have the tools that are going to last them a lifetime to be able to interrupt that. Mm-hmm. And, and stress is one of the biggest causes of hormonal imbalances. And if you're able to manage your stress and we all live in a we live in a very stressful.
1: Yes. Culture,
2: you know? And so if we're able to have some tools in our arsenal to be able to interrupt our thought processes, because our bodies don't know that a saber tooth tiger isn't coming at us it just knows that stress is happening, whether it's a predator or just the busyness of our fast paced lives, you know, it, it just spikes those, those stress hormones. And we need to be able to have some tools to interrupt that process. So our body doesn't feel the effects.
1: I don't know how many patients I have that have come in and told me to decrease my stress. I have to quit my job, kick the dog out, leave my family move to another state. That's not practical. Why don't we just teach our, our patients, our clients to get a help, better state of health so they can handle that stressors of their day, maybe having another kid, a job change, whatever it is. So then over time, their body doesn't have to react to that from yes. this point.
2: Yes. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Why, why have the mentality of having to completely step away from life as we know it, instead of having mm-hmm. mechanisms in place.
1: Yes. And what else do you teach your clients? see at a certain level or different levels to help them with self tactics to help themselves, I guess, get, keep that stress level down, keep the hormones balanced, whatever it might be. How do you usually work with a client like that?
2: Um, We find out, I I like to do a SWOT analysis in all things and and figure out where their strengths are, where their weaknesses are, find some opportunities for, for growth and development, and then find the things that are threats that maybe aren't in their control and then figure out the tactics that are going to work in each of those areas you know and and obviously finding some good self-care is super super important i i I consider chiropractic care a good good form of self-care for for people and and i know i know a lot of clients that have had amazing results with chiropractic care and incorporating that into their little recipe of goodness
1: we talked about earlier the Seraphine Tiger, it's the fight or flight mechanism of the body, right? How do we get that to calm down so now the whole body can rebalance itself and re regulate? So, at that point, what you're doing with your clients, what I'm doing that complements each other versus fight each other.
2: Oh, yeah, 100%. 100% can be very, very complementary to, yes. to finding just total body wellness.
1: Yes. And what you mentioned earlier, too, motion. How does motion help rebalance the hormones or keep things balanced?
2: Motion, I, I mean, I know you know this too. Like, it's so important with every decade of life being mobile and having good mobility and all that is so, so important because it's, and that's multifactorial too. It helps in the detox process to detoxify excess um, hormones that our body is holding on to. So, it's huge in that aspect. Muscle growth is huge um, and being able to, to help in the detox process too. But then also that mobility and the movement is, is less of a stress on our bodies. And it all comes back down to stress. When, when our bodies aren't mobile and aren't strong, it's, it's a stress to our bodies. And that makes things out of whack.
1: We talked earlier too about how our stresses of our day, the physicality of it, we have to be able to handle that stress of the day. If our hormones are off, at that point when we don't move enough, we're not breaking down the catecholamines cortisol. We're actually – and we're not building up the adrenaline and the endorphins to help our body become less stressed. But the problem is when we're stressed, we want to do this. Mm-hmm. You know we have to fight that feeling, I think, to make our bodies move so that movement feels good over time.
2: Yeah, when and I, it doesn't initially. It doesn't initially.
1: It's like it's, like it's eating those better foods. You're not going to feel uncomfortable because you're doing something different. If you mm-hmm. want your health to change, you have to do something different, right? We have mm-hmm. to be uncomfortable. So, mm-hmm. and when I when I hear someone say, Man, I, I did the exercise and it feels okay. When I, when I hear them say, I do exercise and it feels good, I go good. Now we've got it. Now we mm-hmm. now they're feeling that emotional, that hormonal, that chemical change in their body to start to re-regulating things. But it, and when someone someone asks you, Why does it take so long? or why is it taking why is, what's the length of time? How do you answer that? Because a lot of that I get is I'll tell someone, it may take you four weeks, it may take you six weeks. But until you tell me you can work out and you feel a need, if you miss a day, you're like, dang, I missed a day because it makes me feel like I want to stay there. What's it take for your clients? How do you present that like the time for clients?
2: Really, when it comes to movement and mobility, I tell them you it's got to get to a point where it's just something you do, Mm -hmm. like breathing, like Mm -hmm. sleeping, you do it. And, and it can take some time. Like I've worked with clients who have had, who have been so run down cortisol in the toilet, mm-hmm. hormones in the toilet and everything, and they just cannot get that runner's high from exercise, Mm -hmm. you know, and it, and, and it can take a while for those imbalances to improve depending on how, how in the toilet bowl they are, you know? And so, I I mean, I've even worked with somebody who is going on three to six months, who is, who is still not having that runner's high. However, they have started to just, it's a part of their day. They just, Mm -hmm. it's it's discipline. And, and so that's what I, I I tell them not to necessarily focus so much on the feeling of exercise, but just get into the habit of it's a part of your day. And then over time, it'll get to that point where it's, you don't want to miss it.
1: (laughs) Oh, I think a lot of when you get that point too, I'm going to, I'm going to trust Megan. She knows what she's talking about. Let me just keep doing it, keep doing it, doing it. So at that point, I'm not, I don't care how I feel. I'm just gonna do it because I have to do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's great. That's fantastic. Yeah. With 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 what you do too, because I didn't show the um, a peer of mine who talks about adrenal fatigue. Is that the same thing, or is that something different?
2: So yeah, adrenal fatigue, and it's obviously not medically like recognized or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but when that cortisol is in the toilet, I I mean I've seen countless people who just feel awful and sluggish, and a lot of times they've lived in that overdrive mode for so long, and then things mm-hmm. just crash. Or there's other hormonal imbalances like they don't have enough dhea and then they can't um and that correlates with that low cortisol too and or they don't have enough nutrients in order to keep things replenished so it it is exhausting and doesn't feel good immune system sucks and we all know immune system right now is super super important so yeah it it can be it can be kind of a sometimes i'm like it's a little bit harder to crawl out of even then when things are in overdrive
1: and what does it take for someone to how long is it, how long do you want someone, i not someone to wait, but what what time frame do, do someone have hormone balance where it actually changes their stress level, their weight gain? Is it three or four months? Or what does it take to know that their balance is off?
2: Um, well, it depends, but most people, we're noticing a difference within the first three months of implementing change. Um, other people who think where things are more, um, and I like to do a very intense, focused three to six months in the beginning Good. to really, really establish routines and, and get down to the bottom of things. Um, but some people who are very sick, it can take a little while to get out of. And as long as they don't have additional stressors, saber tooth tigers. Coming mm-hmm. at them, you know, progress is good and and can happen. But most people, it's within three to six months. We're making some really good headway.
1: What are common symptoms that people should look for in their health that are signs of they're having hormone imbalance? Besides the waking, overly stressed, what else would you would you want to kind of uh, if there's a checklist to look for?
2: Right, yeah, and I do have a, I have a checklist, and I've got a, um I've got it at checkhormones.com. Um, that's a pretty comprehensive one, and will kind of help you determine maybe some hormonal imbalances that you've got. But I like to think about it as like there's billboard symptoms, okay. and a lot of women wait until it it, it gets to those billboard mm-hmm. symptoms. Okay. You know, those billboard symptoms are the things that you know people can see. So mm-hmm. those main ones are going to be yes, the weight gain. Okay. That's a billboard symptom. Hair mm-hmm. loss. Women are very concerned about their hair falling out. So hair loss is another one that sometimes drives women to come come see me. Um, skin issues, acne, rashes, stuff like that can also be okay. an issue. Um, but I like to say and I, I preach this all the time, like we got to get to it before it gets to be those billboard issues. So that's going to be menstrual irregularities not sleeping well at night, trying to sleep, not having they're having a hard time falling asleep or staying asleep. Obviously, there's the menopausal symptoms like hot flashes, Mm -hmm. vaginal dryness, all of that, but I feel like the younger demographics almost get misunderstood and lost in translation. That's going to be the terribly heavy periods. Cramping is not normal. Um, Mm -hmm. Yes, acne is in there, too. Uh, Not sleeping well, irritability. Uh, the depression, anxiety, things like that are things that we should be paying attention to way before it gets to the billboard symptoms.
1: Headaches. Is that one of yes. them?
2: Yep, yep. Headaches. Headaches are a big one, especially with women with elevated estrogen.
1: OK. And, and what kind of headaches would they be?
2: Usually they're tension headaches, but and a lot of times they get to the migraine point and it just kind of tips them over into that migraine mm-hmm. type of situation, which is not
1: fun at all. And one thing too one of my patients brought it up too for I think for her daughter is her daughter's pregnant and she's never had headaches before it's, how does hormonal balances with pregnant women help?
2: Yeah so it's really funny you'll you'll see with a lot of women where it's either they feel the way better than they've ever felt their entire lives when they're yeah. pregnant or they feel absolutely miserable. And when we're when women are pregnant, they get the super influx of estrogen and progesterone. And mm-hmm. if there's kind of a baseline imbalance, just regularly. Without and, the pregnancy. Yeah, without the pregnancy, if you influx that much estrogen into things, most mm-hmm. of those women feel terrible during pregnancy. Migraines, um, lots of nausea, vomiting, uh, mm-hmm. gut issues, cause gut and hormones are very, very intertwined.
1: Huge. Huge. And talk to me about it again. I, I saw on your two your free hormone symptom checklist on your website. What is that again?
2: So the website?
1: Yes, the, the the checklist on your website. Yes.
2: Yeah, yeah. Checkhormones.com is where that's at, and I break down common symptoms and like uh, a lot of the imbalances that we see, whether it's low progesterone, elevated estrogen, low estrogen, low androgens, so oh. testosterone, or high um, cortisol imbalances too. So I go through the common symptoms in each of those and kind of how to determine where maybe but a lot of symptoms overlap too which is why i like the data there's a lot of symptom overlapping and it's like well how do i know which one exactly and that's where you you dig in to get the data
1: and that's what i would do would go hmm, i've seen the checklist i have a few things in there. i'm going to call megan how's that
2: Yeah, exactly oh. exactly
1: oh, I mean, your, what, what i'm not a hormone specialist <laughs> megan, <he's here>.
2: yep <laughs> uh, and i've got lots of chiropractors here locally that actually yes. refer patients to me
1: Easy. And I put all the stuff on the, on the show notes. It's all on there, her website or Instagram, um, the checklist also to the link directly to that from one to anything I missed today, Megan, that usually bring on a show or, or, uh, or or you want to bring out there or let people know.
2: Oh, there's, I mean, there's, I could talk about hormones all day. (laughs) Uh, But I I guess one thing that I think a lot of women ignore is a symptom. And I didn't mention this one, but libido is a big issue. And a lot of women ignore that because they just think that it's not a big deal or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But their significant others think it's a big deal. And I I think it is a warning sign that your body is off, needs to be looked at or some counseling needs to be done because that's very multifactorial, too. But that's another thing that can be. Definitely a warning sign before it gets to the point of the billboard symptoms.
1: And with yours, what's when you talk to someone, Okay, I'm going to start this person as a client. What's your assessment? What's your first day process?
2: My first day process is I do a really deep dive timeline, thorough dig, at all the assessments. So we map out basically their entire lives from from their mother's health before pregnancy all the way up to the present point and we pinpoint um, certain life events when symptoms started, illnesses, traumatic incidences, all that. so we're doing a lot of mapping the first time and and then figuring out symptoms and where they place on everything and so that that's usually my big one and I do everything I do, I do virtually so.
1: And you mentioned the saliva test too, correct? Mm-hmm. Or other testing? Is that the same day where you send in the test, or how usually, does it? Usually,
2: well, we're we're usually assessing kind of when to test because we right. do have to make sure that the timing of that testing is very accurate according to cycle if they are cycling all of that. So, it's it's a little bit of a process, but it's um it's fun.
1: Good. And women, the women you guys talk about stuff all day long. Great. Yep. <laughs> anything else? Anything else you want to mention for the show? Oh, I don't think so, unless you've got anything else. Uh, and my biggest thing is, is why should women call you now before they have those major health issues um, versus, okay, I, I did checklist online. I said, what's going on? Something's going on. I was going to call Megan and see if that's a concern or not. Why not?
2: Because things can spiral and they can get worse. When uh. you ignore things and brush it under the rug, those hormone imbalances can get worse, especially if you haven't interrupted some of the contributing processes.
1: Mm-hmm. They
2: can get worse and they can spiral and hormone imbalances Um, play a factor in every aspect of disease in life, whether that be heart disease, um, dementia, Alzheimer's. uh, It's huge with our long-term health effects. I actually just lost a friend of mine this week to breast cancer and just, I, which she's been battling for several years. And I just, I, I'm, I just feel this huge deep desire in me to, because that's such a huge part of breast cancer is, is hormone imbalances can be a triggering factor with it. And it's just, I don't want any family or friend to ever have to go
1: through that. Good. Dude, and I think a lot of it is when you're, when you're talking about someone's health, you're mapping it out for when, when they were pre-birth, you're seeing whole across along with the retroactive, along with other things too. You can help someone with long-term conditions, maybe Alzheimer's disease, uh, dementia, breast cancer, other cancers too avoid those and bring the risk down
2: oh yes significantly
1: so anyone me so basically what you're doing is helping anybody symptom or not understand where they are now so even being preventive getting a getting saliva test done doing an exam with you too would prevent things from happening 15 20 years later
2: 100 100 it's it's a form of preventive preventative medicine
1: good 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 and that's what people understand is by doing your taking care of your health naturally allows you not to have those long-term problems so Thank you for the show. Anything else you want to bring up? Thank you
2: so much for having me, Dr. Tony. I appreciate it.
1: No, I'm going to turn the show off. We'll talk in a couple minutes. Okay. Thanks guys for watching. Okay. Appreciate it.